Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you let us know where you think we got it right and where you think we have completely missed the point of what's going on today, which you can do by visiting unsilentpodcast.com. So let's get into it. What should we talk about today, Brian? Well, I think it's interesting to look at uh, the change in our culture over the last, I would say, 30 to 40 years for sure in regards to comedians, mm-hmm. what we're allowed to poke fun at, and who can laugh at themselves. Mm. I think these are, are indicators of a complete shift. So kind of to set the context of what I'm talking about, when I grew up, you know, in my, you know, 12 to 17 years old, late 80s, early 90s, I watched a lot of Richard Pryor. I watched a lot of, I watched a lot of Eddie Murphy. I watched a lot of George Carlin. Sure. Um, like it or not, right or wrong, that would explain right. kind of my outlook on a lot of things, quite frankly. <laughs> And they poked fun at guys like Richard Nixon, who were perceived as guys who could not laugh at themselves. And part right. of the joke was they couldn't laugh at themselves. Like the emperor right. is wearing no clothes. Like we all could see the folly and we all could see the humor. But the idea of Richard Nixon, like mocking himself. Right. Not likely. Right. Okay. The idea yeah. of George Bush, the first, you know, Herbert Walker mocking himself. Like right. <laughs> no way. Right. And that was part of the joke was. Right. You know, George Carlin, you know, with his perceptions and Richard Pryor with his perceptions and like poking fun at that. And now and those guys traditionally would be considered uh, progressive, I would say, like if you look at the you know modern day, I don't know. But back then they were they were, (laughs) you know, George Carlin was a wild liberal back in his day. Right. right? right. Now the people poking the fun and laughing at themselves and laughing at others are the extreme mega conservative, whatever, you know, whatever. And the people who cannot laugh at themselves are the AOCs and the Ilhan yeah. Omars. And, yeah. and it's interesting to me to watch that dynamic change. And I'm, yeah. and I'm legitimately curious, like how this will play out. The people who couldn't laugh at themselves before were kind of, it became, it became um, like Michael J. Fox's character in family ties. Like, it yeah. was weird to be aligned with them because they were they were just out of touch. Like they couldn't, yeah. they weren't regular people. Right. And I wonder if that's going to be the way the path this goes, because at some point Ilhan Omar with her weird things that she's yeah. <laughs> allegedly done or whatever, right. and you and the fact that she can't laugh at herself, like it's going to be weird if if history kind of repeats itself in this way that to be aligned with folks like that, or do we go down the path of Xi Jinping? who is right now at this moment, as I'm talking, if I put in my iPhone uh, gifts, if I search for gifts, I can find them for Donald Trump. I can find them for Joe Biden. I can find them for any president or any head of state in the world, except right. Xi Jinping. Is that right? You cannot find, I, I cannot find a gif of him in which he's being made fun of on my iPhone today. Interesting. So I wonder if we will go down the path of following China <laughs> yeah, along there, yeah. what they're doing. And now Apple is doing to, to make them happy, make them happy. Sure. Or if history will repeat themselves and Ilhan Omar and the AOCs of the world who can't laugh at them. It's like Keith Olbermann 
who can't laugh at themselves right. will become like odd people to like align yourself with. What, what do you think? Well, you know, it seems to me that we have these people are the new Puritans, not Puritans in the way that that we think of the original Puritans who escaped, you know, religious persecution to come to this country. Uh, yeah. But they're new Puritans in the sense that uh, if you say anything, say or look or do anything out of the norm, uh, including making fun of it, then you are you are bad. So yeah. not only can the late night comics not make fun, fun of themselves or the folks that are uh, the quote unquote cultural leaders uh, these days make fun of themselves, they can't poke fun at any of the concepts that they vociferously um, uh, advocate for. So, for instance, race. Uh, can you imagine? So do you remember the movie Airplane? Yes. So do you remember? And, and so I, I suppose our podcast platforms might have to bleep out what I've been just about to say in mentioning. The you'll, you'll be okay. We'll, we'll, we'll put an E on here and say Dave saying it's bad explicit. words, but not Brian. It's explicit. <laughs> well, in airplane, uh, I remember on airplane, there was, there were, uh, two African Americans. They were sitting in the seat and, and they were talking kind of street slang back and forth to each yeah. other. And, yeah. and there were, and there was, there were subtitles to translate it into English, into <laughs> modern day English. Right. And now it, I, I saw a while back somebody, there, there was, there was a, um, there was an actual warning on one of the streaming platforms. I don't remember which one it was, but there was a warning about this movie because it said some very inappropriate things, some things that you do not say. So in that case, there, there were these, there were these, uh, black guys making fun of themselves and, right. and, and it was funny to everybody. It wasn't funny to just, you know, white neo-Nazi racists. It was right. funny to everybody because it was self-deprecating. Now yes. that in modern day terms, that would be, uh, you, you can't make fun of anything having to do with race. You can't make right. fun of anything having to do with gender. Uh, you can't make the only thing you can make fun of are the dominant class, quote unquote, or whoever is designated yeah. to be the dominant class who doesn't fit in the intersectional, you know, hierarchy of, of victimhood. Those are the only folks you can make fun of. And if you do so outside of that, then you do fall into a danger of excommunication. So that's why you don't see, that's why you don't see all of the things that, you know, my, my background, my ancestors were Irish, right? Yeah. And so what do they call Irish people? They called us mix, you know, right. I don't even know what the term that means, but you know, it, it doesn't. It's just short matter. for Mick, whatever, Mick, McNaughton and Mick, yeah. McKnight yeah. And like, yeah, I, I, and, I, and so, I think that's, that's how I learned. I don't know if that's historically accurate. Or not. That's what I and learned. It could about. Be. And, but you know, yeah. there, every, every cultural or ethnic or racial group, there's been, yeah, and, and, were without papers. That was short for without papers because they were coming from Italy and they didn't have the right well, immigration. You're, 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 they, you're, you're a virtual, you're a virtual uh, panoply of, of cultural, uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, what that slang. word you said means, but uh, I'll take, I'll take it. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> but, Anyhow, yeah, so my, yeah, every, every, every group had their thing that they could be make, make, made fun of for. Right. And it wasn't, and it wasn't considered a personal oh, attack on somebody. I also lived in South Texas for a year when I was, when I was in like, uh, uh, what grade was I in? Uh, fifth or sixth grade, sixth grade. Right. And I learned that wet back was because their backs were still wet from swimming across the Rio Grande river. That's oh, where that okay. came from. Okay. I learned that in, in sixth grade from well, actual we, Mexican, <laughs> Mexican people. <laughs> I learned well, it from the actual people who, who, uh, who tease 
and here's what's funny about that. Actually, now I think about it, they were they were American citizens right. who were pissed at people who were coming across illegally. Yeah. They were the ones that coined the term wetbacks. Well, and, and so and those are things that you could on, on late night TV, people would make lots of jokes about about themselves. Yeah. Richard Pryor was one to to make lots of, of racially tinged jokes uh, yeah. that it, and nobody thought anything of it. He, he was just he was just being funny. So there was a more yeah. relaxed attitude. But but and the reason I say that the that we are now in a status of of more sort of societal puritanism is because not only are you not allowed to contradict the 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 main sort of line of society if you make fun of or if you just ingest say something without any cruelty or without any intention right. of exalting yourself you're considered cancelable that sort of ties right. back to our episode on cancel culture so yeah. it, re- it really has shifted dramatically well and i i it's funny you know you talk about these guys being the new puritans yeah the, the more you and i talk about this stuff the more it feels like it is one religion trying to conquer another it, it is it sure. really feels sure. no different than yeah. than I, again i don't know history like you do but there's you know hundreds or thousands of instances of one religion trying to to conquer another and it feels yep. very much like that sure and and what the religion we were the rules we were under were um, we everybody's done every ethnic group, every group of people has done horrific things to other people. Of course, every ethnic group is has stereotypes that are stereotypes for a reason that are pretty funny. Yeah, you know, sure. absolutely. Um, I, in 1992, I think the movie came out. White men can't jump. Oh yeah, yeah. It was one. It was a. It was a blockbuster movie that year. Yep. Um, yep. There's a reason for that, right? And and exactly. it was. It was not only okay to poke fun at that. It was necessary. I think. I, I don't know. I, I'm overstepping here. This is a. This is a hypothesis. I, I. I would think it would be necessary to keep the playing field level. If you sure. don't have that kind of. We yeah, we all have our things that are funny, and we've all done the things that are stupid. Right, but none of us is above being poked fun at, which is what Absolutely. makes us all the same. Exactly, right? Exactly, right. And and the people who didn't fit into that, the Richard Nixons, were yeah. outcasts. The George H. W. Bushes were outcasts because, of course, we should all be able to make fun of each other, right? Because that's what keeps us humble, exactly. and the humility and the being humble is a part of that religion that we all kind of embraced. Right, that was um, endearing and and made it. So that we were all the same. It made it authentic. I yes. mean, it, at the end of the day, it made it authentic. It, it, it was saying that yes, it's it's a level playing field. Uh, every culture has its high points. Every culture has its low points. Every person has their high points and low points. Every everybody's ba- there's a common humanity. And you know, yes. the the idea of the United States used to be that we're a melting pot. It's not like well, you've got. Here, here's white culture, here's black culture, here's Hispanic culture, here's Asian culture. It wasn't that there was a, a bunch of different little cities, each one that was, uh, you know, ethnically, uh, uh, same. It was that we all work together. And, yeah. and that, that same, that, that to me, we're talking, people will say, well, diversity is your strength. Well, I, I think our strength is cooperation more than it is 
just diversity. Everybody should communicate, everyone from all diverse backgrounds. Everybody should interact yeah. with one another. That's the whole melting pot idea that we've lost. And as a result of that, we, we have gotten this sort of puritanical, uh, here is the, here is the, the intersectional pyramid of, of, uh, of who is a victim. And <clears throat> you can't even joke about anybody that's on this victim right. scale. It used to be, you know, even before, uh, gay marriage became a thing. I mean, there's always been gay people among us and they've always got married. I mean, it's always. Yeah. throughout humanity the there were plenty of, of of gay people that did gay skits that were that were really funny and they were just making yes. fun of themselves just like white people can't jump making fun of ourselves right. everybody making fun of themselves when we lose that we do end up in a place very much like i would say the dark ages catholic church where yeah. if you say the wrong things you've got two choices either you could be excommunicated or you could do penance now, right. in, in modern society, the, the excommunication is obvious. That's cancel culture. We've dealt with that before, but the, the paying the penance in, in the old days, in the, the dark ages, you would pay a certain amount of money and get your sins forgiven. Now, what you do is you hire a consultant for whatever, you know, intersectional group you've, uh, apparently offended by, yeah. by your, you know, uh, yeah. by your comedy. And that's and, how you and pay money. their lawyers somehow. Obs- uh, makes them Absolutely. feel better. Somehow yes. paying their yes. lawyers is the mechanism that, that, that brings them peace. <laughs> just like paying the priesthood, just like donating yeah, to the priesthood but at least, is what at least the priest got the money though. Like in this case, like they don't, the people only get 70% of it. The lawyers get a third of it, you know? That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. So uh, a couple things for Kenny G listing. And the, for those of you who don't know who Kenny G is, Kenny G is a person who's probably going to be born somewhere around 2040. That's who we're talking to in these things as we're kind of chronicling what these moments are like and what these cultural changes have been like over the last, you know, as we're now recording is 2024, but over the last, you know, 15, 16 years ish, a lot of big cultural things. We're talking to a person, Kenny G, born in around 2040, who'd be middle aged around the year 2080, somewhere in there, 20, 2075, and explaining what this is like, um, kind of just chronicling it because we think, Dave and I think Kenny G's going to be coming up on his own moment in his own cycle where he'll be experiencing similar kinds of things. So when we're talking to Kenny G, that's who we're talking about. Anyhow, before I forget, Kenny G, if you're listening, you got to watch Blazing Saddles. You got to watch Spaceballs. <laughs> it's true. And, it's true. And, and to Dave's point on great uh, c- comedic routines on homosexuality, you got to find Greg Giraldo's bit on uh, being gay from around 20, oh, 2006 or 2007. Right. You know, those are must see if, if if they're even available. Blazing Saddles will long have been banned, probably. But if you can find a if you can find a a, a VHS tape somewhere that hasn't been destroyed, <laughs> check. You gotta watch it. <laughs> Anyhow, so so yeah, I agree with all those things. Like and and as you were talking about those things, and, and like um, what stood to me is if there was a patriarchy, which I don't agree that there right, is right. there was. I I do agree that historically men have had different roles in women. There's no, sure. there's no question about that. I don't argue that part. Um, I don't, I don't believe that um, there was a, a concerted effort and a well-orchestrated effort to keep women down. I, I like, right. you know, trying to get seven people to do the same thing is already hard enough. You know, trying to get a hundred million <laughs> people to do the same thing, pretty impossible. Right. Um, but if there was a patriarchy, I think it was evidenced in that kind of, making fun of ourselves and each other because if you get a group of four men together that's how they talk to each other they bust <laughs> each other's chops about stuff right yeah exactly so 
So <laughs> if there was a patriarchy in how the society worked, it was that we kept the field level by not letting anybody's get too, not any one group get too big for their britches. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the, the Jews had their thing and the blacks had their thing and the, the Puerto Ricans, even I, I didn't live in New York city, of course. So I don't, I, I've heard lots of things. I don't, I don't have any firsthand experience with that kind of stuff, but yeah. every group had their thing that they could be cut back down to size on if they right. got too far out of whack. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and that was healthy. And it, it was healthy. And, and, if you get a, if you had a woman come into a group a, a conversation with a group of five friends from high school or college or had worked together for many years who really liked each other and and loved each other not in a weird way but like how men can like grow to to really love each other like brothers sure. or, or good close friends they express love by cutting each other down and like busting each other's chops right. that's how it worked right. right? If, if a woman walked into that room, she would think these guys absolutely hated each other. Oh, sure. Yeah. They, well, they reverted to high school and they're just right, bull, right. bullies. And- how could you like that guy? He just called you seven different names you couldn't repeat in front of your right. kids. Well, that's how he shows me he loves me. That's how. Yeah. Um, and it kind of feels like if there was a patriarchy and we're moving away from it, that's maybe it. Like, we, we're not allowed to do that. And it's it's like the I – don't, I don't remember the name of the gal from Little House on the Prairie. She was the old crotch old lady that nobody liked. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Harriet sure. maybe was her name. I don't, I don't know. Whatever yeah, I don't remember. Um, but she she always had a frown and, like, you, there was no laughter around that woman. Right, right, right. right. It kind of feels like people like her, again, who cannot be made fun of, yeah. that don't look like her. They look like Ilhan Omar have right. moved into places, and they have decided they are the arbiter of what's funny and what's acceptable and how different groups will be treated. And what was tossed out is the mechanism to keep everyone on an equal playing field, which was right. laughing at the things that they do that are absurd, which again, we all have. And that was replaced by a hierarchy of who is allowed to be laughed at and who's not. Exactly. And whoever is not allowed to be laughed at is the one who is really in charge. If you think about right. it, whoever, yeah, whoever you can't criticize, whoever you can't laugh at, whoever you can't we'll make, make fun, fun of, of yep. whatever, or whatever group now it's whatever group that, you yeah. know, well, you can't say anything about that because you're not a part of that group or, you know, whatever, whatever those types of things happen to be. And, and the problem yeah. again for Kenny G and the problem in our day is it produces a, a, a humorless society is one we need to laugh. We have to laugh as human beings. If we don't yeah. have that outlet, uh, then we're just consumed with tragedy. We're consumed with the, the yeah. negative things that come upon us. You know, if, if you can laugh at the human condition and the, the reality is, it's, it's true that the reality is that all of us, regardless of our race, of our identity, of our, you know, culture, whatever, we all have almost everything in common. I mean, we really do. Oh, for I mean, sure. We're humans, right? And if we can't yeah. laugh at above each other. Above all else, we are human. And there's, there's many common exactly. denominators there. Yeah, for sure. For, for better or for worse, we're that. Yeah. And if we, if we don't have the ability then to experience humor and to say, you know, well, we can say this safely, you and I. Well, those funny looking bald guys, you know, it's, right. they're, they're just, they're, you know, yeah. they, they, they're. The, so it, when you get to that point, I think you have a society that is sick. You have a society, and this is yeah. the danger for Kenny G. When your society stops being able to laugh at itself, when it stops, when when there are certain people that are above both reproach and re- above criticism and uh, above uh, making jokes about, that's when yeah. your society becomes emotionally ill. And that's what our society yeah. is today. It's emotionally ill, and an emotionally it's ill at least society emotionally doesn't last. Immature, if if not yes. ill, it's at least immature for sure. Well, and that. 
And what does that lead to? I, I would, I would push and I would say it's really ill. It's emotionally ill yeah. because a society like that, that can't laugh at itself and that oppresses those that try to laugh at, at, at society is one that doesn't have a lot of staying power because, you know, we're, we're consumed with all the negative and that is what you're going to find in a crisis era. That's what we're going to find in this, this crisis era when now that's what Kenny G is going to find near the turn of the next century, a society that doesn't have the ability. And, and that's weak. It's really weak. Yeah. We, we can't make decisions. We're always walking on eggshells. That's a weak society that's preparing to either fall or it's preparing to shift in a radical way such that it can't laugh at itself again. And, and this is, this is one of those things, you know, kind of like we were talking, uh, one of the last couple episodes we did talking about, you know, teen suicide and yeah. unhappiness and things like that. Like you said, if there's no outlet, you know, life sucks in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's sure. lots of stress. There's lots of angst. There's lots of sadness. There's lots yep. of disappointment. There's a lot, of, a lot of fear. There's, there's lots of things that are not very fun. And, and for many of those, the only counterbalancing act is laughter. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and you know, you have to have some joy and you have to have some, some, happiness to offset the wide range of, of fairly unpleasant things that are part of this ride. It, it takes the edges it, like, off. It takes the yeah. edges off the pain. Yes. If you can laugh at the pain, if you can laugh at the unfairness of the world, if you can say that, that these, you know, this thing that's happening over here. Yeah. But what about this? You know, if, if you can laugh right. at it, it, it lessens, it's sort of a, it's sort of a safety net. I think for right. the human psyche, it lessens the impact of the negative thing that's there. Well, it's it, the saying, if, if, if I didn't laugh, I would cry. Like that's a saying for a reason. Yes, and, exactly. And that's good. What, what I, what I'm, like I said, same, like with the teens and the suicide and unhappiness and stuff like that, we're doing these things that are leading to a negative outcome. Yeah. Do we, I mean, we had a, a, a country where we could laugh and we could have fun and we could yes. enjoy things proportion to the unpleasantries uh, yeah. does that mean people are not oppressed of course it doesn't does that mean there aren't wealthy people who are given a hand up when they're born yeah for my for my entire Absolutely. youth i thought i should have been born the sultan of brunei's kid that would have been awesome um <laughs> yes. it didn't work out that didn't way, I, had that to, way. I, I wasn't dealt that hand yep. uh, okay well that's just the way it goes but do we want to end up in a society where laughter is not allowed like we we right we had this gift of having happiness handed to us we're born into a situation where this happiness was handed to us right and we're doing our damnedest to 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 create north korea <laughs> where exactly. there's no word for the word love there's no right. word for the, the there's no word for love like yeah. that we're aiming for this and people will listen to this and go modern who are here now will listen to this and say ah that's a bunch of hogwash it's not that bad what evidence like you show me the evidence that's, that that says that there's right. more laughter now than there was in 1988. I'd love to hear it. Right. Absolutely. Like, teen suicide would be down, not up, you know, right. um, yep. uh, the, the, out, the people who, who think the, the thing we're going in the right direction versus the wrong direction would be, you know, opposite of what it is now. There's plenty of metrics to tell us that people are less happy than they were and they're making more money. Oh yeah, it, it, by, by all these things we say we we care about, but we're not allowed to laugh at certain kinds of people. Yeah, and we used to be, and and for me, this stands out as like one of those clear like we're cruising along. We just took a random left turn. Like all of a yeah. sudden, somewhere around two thousand eight, it was no longer okay to laugh at certain kinds of people. Well, in I, the society, and part of it I think is the societal currency became 
victimhood and it became, um, became being offended. So yeah. for a great amount of time, a lot of the people that were the most, um, respected, like Johnny Carson. He, one of the most yeah. respected people, uh, in, in our society for a lot of the time I was growing up, you know, and, right. and he was, he was self deprecating. He did his, you know, Sargon the Magnificent and, yeah. you know, and, you Karnak, know him, wasn't it? Karnak the Great, right? Karnak, Karnak, Karnak the Great. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Karnak the Great. That's right. So, um, you know, those, a lot of those funny people were the ones that were, they, they had the, they had society by the horns. Now the people, that have the most sort of societal cred are the ones that are the most offended. So yeah. offense that, that dopamine hit of being, I'm a victim. I'm offended by what you just said in your mean spirited joke about my ancestors or whatever. Those or are the whatever. folks that now have the societal uh, credibility that they're at the top of the sort of the power pyramid. And, right. and, and that is, Again, you're elevating as a society when we do this, we're elevating negativity to the top of an already challenging life. And that's, yeah, that can't turn out well. Well, and again, the, I, I talked about this before in a different episode about a different topic. The, the irony of all this for me is not just the fact that the progressives who used to be the ones poking fun are right. now the ones who cannot be poked fun at. Right. That, the irony of that is like super thick. But also people being absolutely unaware that, and again, my opinion is probably biased considerably because I grew up really um, not just cherishing these guys, but admiring them. I really enjoyed sure. watching them do their thing. Richard, Richard Pryor, yep. George Carlin, Eddie sure. Murphy. I would argue without Richard Pryor, the, 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 the improvement we had in race relations, the improvement black people sure. had in their in their lives in this country would have been slowed by 10 years, probably without sure, Richard. You Pryor. Bet. You bet. Him poking fun at this stuff and, and George Carlin poking fun at this stuff and Eddie Murphy and those guys poking Eddie, uh, 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 Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Those guys poking fun at this. Sammy Davis jr. Poking oh, sure. fun you at bet. this stuff without them doing that, that the, the progress we made would have been slowed by years, if not decades. Like well, it, that is the mechanism that closed the gap in many ways. And, and it seems to me, Brian, that the reason that that is the case, what, because uh, I agree with everything you just said, I think the reason that's the case is because it's hard to hate somebody that you're in an uproarious, you know, laughter with. If you right. and three people around you, different races, creeds, colors, whatever, if you're all laughing at some kind of hilarious joke that Richard Pryor told or somebody just told, yeah. it's really kind of hard to hate your neighbor when you're having so yeah. much fun together. Right. If the Irish guy, the Jew, and the and the the black guy are laughing at the Mexican now, and then five right. minutes later, the 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 three are laughing at the Jew, and then five minutes later, the three the other three are laughing at the black guy. Like, right. if everyone is equal and everyone gets their turn having fun, and they all see that they're all human, and they all right. have their their things that are worthy of being poked fun at again exactly. that we all have the absurd things that we all do. Right. Yeah, you would learn that we're all human, and and I hadn't really considered that point, but. It's is it by de it can't be by design like like no nobody's able to like create that right I mean what this is just the evolution or the ebb and flow of like how the society because there's no such thing as you know I well I guess in China there is a such thing as Xi Jinping saying yeah. anybody who laughs at me is gonna be thrown in the fire or whatever right. it is but <laughs> but what 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 is it here like I, I agree with all that stuff you're you're talking about like 
it, it makes us all equal and, and, and it helped us make progress. Why did it stop? What made it stop? Because people realized they could monetize hate. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to that. I think it comes down to if you're, if you're making fun of everybody equally, well, you can't raise, you can't raise money on that. You can't mobilize people to get out on the streets to laugh, right? You, you mobilize them yeah. when there's a, such a dramatic injustice that's been done. You can't sell them, you know, uh, massive contracts to train your staff on diversity so that you are, are just humorless people that will never say anything to anybody for fear of, of violating somebody, hurting somebody's feelings. You, you, you can't monetize or organize all of that into a, into control of money and power. I really think that's at the end of the day what it is, because yeah. if 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 Richard Pryor and Robin Williams and and uh, George Carlin, if all these guys from all these different backgrounds make everybody laugh, then life isn't quite so bad after all. Maybe I can set the outrageous side for a little bit. Yeah, I don't like the guy that is running for a political office. It's not of my party. But, you know, Johnny Carson's still going to make fun of my guy and his guy. And it's, it's actually right. kind of funny. So, uh, you yeah. know, lighten up, right? You, you, you don't make money when people lighten up. You don't control people when, when, when people are light, uh, when they are, are not angry. And that's what I think. So, you know, I don't necessarily believe in massive global conspiracies and a cabal in a, in a smoke yeah, yeah. room telling everybody what to do. But, but it's very obvious that you can get power through outrage. That's, and, yeah, and the internet and, empowers that. Yeah. And I agree. I don't think there's a, a global cabal that said, you know, henceforth on September 13th, right. Uh, 2009, there'd be no more laughter. I don't think that happened. Right. But I do think you can have incentive structures yes. through our litigious, our legal system that when people start paying, writing checks for, you know, saying things that, that, you know, 18 months before that were, were deemed funny and now they're offensive <laughs> exactly. and now somebody's attorney has to be paid so that everybody's right in the world again. Right. Um, that's just the way the system is. And I, and I would argue that's one of the indicators that the system is broken. Exactly. Because it's leading to an outcome, which is more like North Korea and less like 1988 America yep. where people did get along and there was harmony, even though there was people who had, Shitty situations handed to them in life, fair sure. or not fair. Absolutely. People still got along by and large way better than they do now. Nobody cared about who you voted for president in yep. 2000 or in, in 1988. Yep. Nobody, and like, they, they would, in, in fact, if they found it, they would make fun of you for it, like Absolutely. maybe, but that was it. Like, yep. <laughs> but you know, part of this thing is like literally hating somebody because they voted for Ronald Reagan, though. Right. Well, and I Except think part of, streams. part of what's happened as a result is, is unfortunately, and I mean, I'm in the technology industry. What's happened is the, uh, the instant ability to communicate outrage via social media, et cetera. You, we, we've talked about 2008 and what, some of the things that have happened technologically in that latter part of the 2010s and, and up until today has been this ability to mobilize and, and generate instant outrage and instant, uh, and instant um, uh, action because of, of the internet. And yeah, 
that that has taken that natural it's it sort of supercharged those who would weaponize that if you will but it's hard to weaponize comedy it's hard to weaponize uh, self-deprecation you know it's hard to really um uh, make a a funny situation a humor situation into something you can raise money for and sue people for and and get eyeballs and clicks and it's all about you know media is all about eyeballs and clicks and if it bleeds yeah. it leads i mean that's always been the case but it's so much more yeah. the case now because of social media so that's another thing that I think has happened is both that that realization that you can you can you can get power and money and control this way and the vehicles available at the drop of a hat via whatever social media platform you've got to empower that sort of power grab. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm thinking back to like the the cycle from the last, you know, crisis era, World War II and yeah. whatever. And coming out of that, you know, in in that the uh, um the first turning where everybody's like kumbaya, like whatever right. team has won yep. and you're on that team or you're like out, out. Yep. Right. Yeah. There was no such thing as in 1951 um, rooting for China in the Korean no. war. Like yep. that, that, yep. that would, that would not no. have happened. Right. No. Nope. Um, in that era, you know, you had Hogan's heroes somewhere. I don't know what, what year that was. Sixties, I guess. I don't, yep. I don't know what year that was, but I, uh, you would know. Cause you're probably only in your thirties by then, but yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 that's how it's done kenny g that's how you do it that's anyhow right. um in that era it was okay to make fun of uh russia it was okay to make fun of germany yeah. it was okay to make fun of china uh and then when i came along it was okay to make fun of everyone right and now that the the, the the pendulum has gone the opposite direction where it's no longer okay to make fun of those people it's only okay to make fun of um us us and being rubes stuck in in traditional judeo-christian values who think that the GIs actually saved the world in 1944. Exactly. <laughs> and if you think about it, it's not only not okay, you have to, you have to buy into being offended by whatever yeah. offends. So I've had some interesting conversations, uh, about, um, about Star Trek. I'm a, as I think, you know, I'm a Star Trek fan. So well, I, in I, I the, picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, live long and prosper. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's right, that's right. In, in shows like Hogan's heroes in Star Trek and others, there were episodes that had to do with Nazis. So Hogan's heroes was yeah. all about the Nazis. You had Colonel right. Plank and yeah. there, were, there were in, in those, in those places, there were Jews that were yeah. uh, playing in those roles. So in, in Star Trek, when they did an episode about the Nazis, the space Nazis, uh, Kirk and Spock, both Jews and not, not in Star Trek, but in, in real life, Shatner and Nimoy yeah. were, are, are Jews. They played, um, they played, uh, Nazi soldiers pretending to be. And I've had conversations with people. They say, well, how could they do that? How could they emotionally bring themselves to play <clears throat> these evil people that had just 20 years earlier tried to wipe them all out? Or how could in Hogan's Heroes, Jews participate in that when they were making fun of the Nazis? And the point yeah. was that by satirizing uh, the those the true evil that the Nazis did, and by by uh, using it as as sort of a backdrop for fictional things, Jewish people could actually do a a positive take on on history. Not that yeah, anything had happened there, but to to show the absurdity, uh, the evil of the Colonel Clanks of the world, and they can yeah. laugh at it. And you know, the most horrible situation in 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 modern history, uh, how they were treated in Germany, and still they could create a comedy around it. You could never create a comedy around that today; it wouldn't work. Right. Well, one of the things that that 
comedy specifically does, it is, you know, anybody who's been married or has kids or siblings or parents, so that's a lot of us, yeah. <laughs> uh, know that you can say things in jest that there's always that little bit of truth. Like, what's what's sure. the saying? Like, uh, uh, many a truth is said in jest or yeah. some version of that, something like that. It's just an easier opening to a conversation right. than a frontline assault, like, you know, I wish you wouldn't do this, or right. I wish this was different or whatever. It's easier to make a joke about it. Sure. And that is in a in a much broader sense in comedy. Richard Pryor making Mel Brooks is a great example. He was yeah. a Jewish guy yep. who I can't remember what he wrote when he came back from World War II, but people were appalled that he wrote. I wish I wish I could remember what it was. I can't remember. Many people listening will know what it is, but they were appalled that he could do this thing. Right. And the whole point was like, I'm making fun of these idiots. Right. Like the absurdity exactly. of these people trying to wipe an entire race and religion off the planet the absurdity of people believing all their problems for generations could be put on the backs of these people who lived in this geographic area who had this religion in this point in time the absurdity that is off the charts ridiculous yeah and if you don't laugh you'll cry and if we don't have a conversation where we're making fun of it what other mechanism is there for us to like confront this like you have to make it not cool and part of making it not cool is to mock it Exactly. And if you don't, then, uh, you know, I would propose that what happens is you build up a, it's like a, a, it's like a steam pot boiling. You build up and you build up and you build up and it uh, leads to some kind of societal explosion because there's no comedic or fictional or, you know, there's no release for all of the all of the evil that we see around us or all there's there's no there's nothing that shaves off the rough edges to say well yeah that was that was evil but we we could at least make fun of it we can at least yeah. you know have some I, humor I think, around uh, it. The, again we're not a topical news uh podcast there's plenty of other places for people to get that that's what we're looking for but something that kenny g will be able to research and find is what, what was her name uh the harvard uh yesterday a couple days ago finally after weeks of just getting like barrage with this like you know just scandal after scandal yep. you know, a couple uh, two major scandals anyway and one of them is plagiarism yep and so one of the major news uh uh tv news channels was was talking about how it wasn't really plagiarism. She just copied somebody's stuff without their permission. <laughs> That's right. And it's like the absurdity of that. Like that that is a crystal clear example of yeah. like in 1988, that would have nobody you wouldn't have said that because you no. would have risked being mocked your the rest of your life. Yeah, like you that guy would have been mocked the rest of his life. He would only be known as the guy who said plagiarism isn't bad because it's just copying somebody's stuff without right. permission. Like right. And now that 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 is that is something that shall not be mocked. We shall take it serious. Right. We will a- a- acknowledge that for the 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 great uh, gift he's bestowed upon us of this <laughs> enlightening that we've now gotten. And we're also supposed to sit back and act like it's not absurd. And it is absurd. And I right. wish George Carlin was here to Could you imagine to poke the teams that Carlin and and Pryor and and Robin yeah. Williams all all these guys can you imagine the routines they could do today that it's yeah. it's it's a rich it's a rich environment I'm, well I I'm I'm struck there's in again topically to this day there's things like the Babylon Bee and the Onion and others right. like that that ha- have I mean on one hand they also illustrate that society has no tolerance for anything that does not 
does not toe the sort of politically correct line so that, you know, you get the Babylon Bee fact-checked. You know, it's, it's a satire right. newspaper. Get yeah, it fact-checked. They were, they were fact-checked when they put out a story, a, a satirical story, yeah. where they said CNN bought a washing machine to spin their news story. Right. They were fact-checked on that. Like, <laughs> Breaking. CNN did not the go abs- to the appliance store. Back in 1988, the absurdity of that would have – somebody would have not – done the fact check because they would have been mocked mercilessly yeah, the rest of their exactly. life and they'd be known as the guy who did the dumbass thing like fact checking <laughs> that absurd story well <laughs> and, and it's gotten to the point where you know you you these sites like like babylon be an onion they 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 make their own satire and saying we can't find anything absurd to write that isn't true because it's just right. so completely yeah. off the charts, bizarre, and completely violates the the sense of any you know thinking individual uh, that we can't find something right that's 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 not true. Yeah, you know what? what uh, I just this just occurred to me as as we were talking through this. One of the things again, I I grew up on George Carlin. I like his uh, his take on the 10 commandments i think and again yeah. i'm a i'm a guy who has very traditional judah christian values it's still funny as hell like sure. his take on the 10 commandments kenny g you gotta watch the 10 commandments thing <laughs> that george Brown does um <clears throat> one of the things he said was he loves people but he hates groups and i think mm, that in this moment brilliant. like we're in now like it's pretty poignant like and he was he was actually more of a a humorist in towards the end of his life than a comedian yeah. like he was he was spouting more philosophy than he was sure, sure. comedic kind of thing. Anymore, yeah. in his career, he was much more of a comedian. But later in his life, he was more of a humorist, I would say, yeah. more of a, a funny philosopher kind of a thing. Um, but he but he was really wise in some of these things. And, and and I never really paid attention to that statement until the last couple of years. Yeah. Where he saw the the danger, not and I mean like real danger, not like you know, hurting people's feelings danger. Right. But the real danger of the mob mentality of like really right. once a target is approved for harming with no consequence, people will do really egregious things to them. Anything. Yeah, they'll do anything. And that's because it's it's you you can always justify, take your own justification for a bad action and saying that your neighbor and the rest of your neighbors, you're, you're all doing it as well. And so therefore, it yeah. must be OK because Brian and Dave are doing it, it must be OK. Yeah. And one of the things we had as a, a prevention tool for that was making fun of people who did stuff like that. Yeah. Well, make if you, yeah. if you if, there, there was, I think, two sides of it. You, you didn't want to be mocked and you didn't yep. want to be shamed. Right. And when you, when you take out the ability to mock and have fun and, and when you also take out the ability to say, well, no, that's shameful behavior. When you take out those yeah. two things out of society, then you you have no real check or balance against uh, uh, against excesses and against power grabs and against uh, uh, just the most bizarre treatment of of, of anybody. It's just it's yeah. It, now that you're saying that, like I, again, I can't speak for other people. I grew up in a particular particular time in a particular geographic area where this was just kind of how things were expressed. But as I'm thinking back, growing up, and you know, my 20s and 30s and 40s and whatever, mocking people only did two things I can think of: it showed another man that you loved him or yeah. you you cared about him in some sure. way, and it shamed people for doing like really stupid really things, stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and if you think about it, like those are two things we're missing right now, right? People do we people are pushing really hard on the idea of being shamed for anything 
And we're not really allowed to say we love each other unless you fit into my very tight little tribe. And if you, and listen, I'm not, I'm not uh, preaching about this. I'm, I experienced this where it's hard to love people who I know are hoping for outcomes that I'm very much against. Right. Uh, That's something I struggle with. I don't know about anybody else, but my point is mocking for dudes. Again, that group of five men, they would mock each other to show love. And George Carlin would mock George H.W. Bush right. to shame him for really egregious behavior. And those right. are two things that are gone now. And comedy, I think, is is being removed as a piece of that. And so then what do you get in a society where those things are not possible anymore? You also you get one of the things you get is like that fact check fact check we were talking earlier. The only thing that is a check on on anything is the sort of the the doctrinal narrative of whoever is in control. So if if the doctrinal narrative is this group is oppressed and therefore, uh, anything you can say nothing about it. This group does goes and does a horrible thing, or someone a member of this group goes and does a horrible thing. You can't say anything about it because that is the commandment. You can't you can't use common sense. You can't say, well, you know, when I was raised, this this would have happened because of that. Because the narrative is in control, not any sense no. of, uh, and you can't mock it for that same exact reason. Well, and the outcome they want is control, control, and the outcome we wanted was harmony. Exactly, harmony and and you know the melting pot of society and yeah. the ability for everybody to get along. Well, in, in of course, when you don't want everybody to get along, when you want a separate sort of intersectional uh, victim groups, when you when that's your desired outcome, you're going to find every reason to exacerbate the differences and. Again, humor is going to work against that. And so therefore, yeah. humor must be oppressed. You must stand outside of, of, uh, what was it? Netflix headquarters and, and, and protest Dave Chappelle, a comedian in, in this era yeah. that said things that people didn't like. Yeah. Now, I, I, as, as you're, you're talking about that stuff, it, it, it like comedy was a, a mechanism to level the playing field. Right. And the absence of comedy is a mechanism to establish a hierarchy. Exactly. It kind of feels that way. It kind of feels that simple. I think that's a good thesis for this episode, Brian. Yeah. Well, as always, Dave, pleasure chatting with you about this stuff. And for those listening who are here now in this current era, it's 2024 as we're recording this. If you want to give your opinion, which we hope you do, if if you think there's something we said that completely misses the mark as to explaining what this moment in time is like as it relates to something as silly as comedy or lack thereof, come out and tell us. Go to unsilentpodcast.com, drop your comments there, or you can find our social channels there. Uh, go to Rumble. Uh, Rumble's a great place. To, there's a great comment section there. You can put your comments for uh, explain what's like from your point of view. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Tell Kenny G, that guy living 75 years from now or 60 years from now in the future, what this moment is like from your perspective. And tell them where, uh, where Dave and I got it completely wrong. We'd love to get your input on that. The whole point of this is to explain to them in the future what this moment like yeah. is like. You know, of course, Dave and I have our traditional Judeo-Christian values, but you're going to have a different perspective. We'd love to hear your point of view, too. And Kenny G needs to hear what you have to say. So go to Unsilent Podcast on Rumble and find this episode and, and check it out there. And so until next time, this is Dave and Brian signing off. See you next week. Do you want to be unsilent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion. 